Hello, hello, hello. One and all, welcome back to the Legionnaire Podcast. What's up? Um, am I too quiet? I don't know, you could always turn up your gain. I could always turn up my gain a little bit. How about that? Yeah, that's better. Yeah, I'm recording at my girlfriend's house right now, so I'm trying to be quiet. It is 7.15 in the morning. Wait, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's, it's 8.15. It's 8:15. My, my, my computer clock's an hour behind. It's 8.15 in the morning. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've developed a little bit of a cold. So we're yes, working with you that. Sound, you sound sick from the last time I spoke with you. Um, so we lied. I remember saying in the last episode that we talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Didn't get to it yet. No, I don't know when I'm going to be able to see that. I know it's a $4 movie. It's like National Movie Day on Sunday. And most oh, yeah. cinemas are marking down their tickets to $4. And now I'm trying to figure out if I want to go see Ninja Turtles or Blue Beetle tomorrow for four bucks. Oh, I would be. I mean, I know people like Blue Beetle, but like, I don't really. I I would rather probably, see see TMNT. I'll probably see Blue Beetle just because it's cheaper. It's going to be cheaper than TMNT. No, just because I don't think I'd pay full price to see Blue Beetle. Oh, oh yeah, I understand that logic. And I'd rather pay full price to see Ninja Turtles. But yeah. full price being like a Tuesday, like $6 ticket. <clears throat> a full price $6 ticket on Tuesdays when you go? Yeah, like seven fifty. It's like 6 or seven fifty. But yeah, we're not here to talk about that. Um, we're here to talk about the worst Star Wars show in existence. I will say I've seen people not people are don't like the show. Like some people are upset. I don't understand. Well, like I saw, I, I saw Ahsoka, to, by the way. to clear. Yeah. To clarify, it's not the worst Star Wars show. I, we, I love it. I know you like it. I love it. I loved it. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't want to speak for you, man. Um, no. Yeah. I love Ahsoka. It's so good. But um, no, I saw people coming horrible pacing terrible i'm like just because it's a little slower moving does not mean it's horribly paced yeah i don't understand that i also saw a lot of people um complain that it was like a recap of rebels and i understand that to a degree but then i also don't because the show is expanding more on rebels stuff that we never knew so like and the thing i don't is, really understand i don't understand how it is a rebels recap to the epilogue of rebels where they're, they're like oh it's been five years since we've yeah. been waiting for the empire to come back yada 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 i also i guess spoilers if you haven't seen ahsoka or rebels but i don't know what you're doing listening to this um yeah you kind of like they fill in way more background information because i'm watching rebels correct me if i'm wrong um in rebels they don't tell you that sabine is ahsoka's apprentice no they don't and the thing is like it's not even really a rebels recap it like it it 
introduces you to all of the characters from Rebels and tells you the important backstory, but not even the most important back. Like, if it was really a Rebels recap, we would have like they would have talked about Kane and Jarrus and Jason Sandula. I was but gonna they... say, okay, tell me, we got to go at the beginning. Hera is an awful mom. Where the hell is her kid? Maybe he's in daycare. Like, I would think she's a worse mom if she's bringing him on all these missions. Because, like, what are you doing? Bring like what point? He's probably like five or six. No, he's probably like ten. I'm trying to do like quick math in my head about how old he would be at this point in the timeline. Regardless. Well, he'd be this, however old he is at the Rebels epilogue. Yeah, I, f- I forget how old he is at the end at the Rebels epilogue, but because he's Rebels like five takes, or six. Yeah, he's like five or six. Yeah, top end eight. But like, no, there hadn't been eight years since Kanan died. Or, oh, wait, yeah, wait, no, 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 time out. Never because mind. Rebels ends before New Hope, and then the epilogue yeah. is after Return of the Jedi, so he's probably like eight. I want to say he's around eight, but like. Back to the point, they're not recapping anything. They're just introducing us to these characters that you saw in a different TV show and giving you relevant backstory to what's happening in the Ahsoka show. Like, there's no... At no point did I feel like we are wasting time. Like, I'm like, oh, I already know this. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. So, like, they've introduced us. Like, okay, so this is where they're at. This is where they're at. Yeah, I don't... I didn't get that complaint. Like, I saw a lot of... There's people complaining about it and then there was um industry reviewers that were complaining about it as well and i was like what i don't really understand i thoroughly enjoyed the episodes from front to finish and i'm in the process of actually finishing up rebels um i'm almost done i have 58 episodes left <laughs> when you laugh when i last saw you he says to me, he's like, yeah, I'm almost done with Rebel. I'm almost done with Rebels. I get a text two days later. Yeah, I'm almost done with Rebels. I have 70 episodes to go. Yeah, you asked me when I saw you, you were like, what episode are you on? I'm like, oh, I'm almost done with season four. And that's not true. But I, at the rate that I watch TV shows, I know that I'll be done before, definitely before episode four comes out. Because I'm already on episode five of season two. And I just started on Thursday. So, and we're recording on Saturday morning. Yeah, um, yeah, we're dedicated to this. I'm in the middle of moving, but we're out here recording reactions to Ahsoka. That is how much we care about our fans. And how much we care about this this entire franchise. <laughs> yeah, and this show is it's so good. So like let's like kinda let's let's dive into this here. Like I love the opening of this show. People are like, oh the crawl comes back, but is it really a crawl? I think it gives us a perfect background it's like this is where we are this is who we're dealing with this is what we're going up against and this is what we're concerned about i would agree uh, as well as this actually feels like it deserved to be um an eight part well we'll see when all eight parts come out that it deserved to be eight parts so it actually feels like a movie whereas uh Obi-Wan kind of felt like it was pandering and everything. I think throughout the first episode and the second episode, stuff happened in each scene. And there wasn't like, even though like it's bringing you up to speed with characters, I don't think it's like pandering at all. So when I see like the opening crawl at the beginning, um, I'm kind of like, oh, this is exactly what I want to see. I want to see... First off, I love that it was in red. I was about to say, I was like, dude, it's in red because that's you know that's how you know it's Dave's property. Yeah, I know. I'm like, this is sick. I love this. Um, but 
I love that it gave you all that detailed information. Beginning of episode one, then I was like, "Oh, this is just exactly yeah. like Phantom Menace." It was. It was literally the Phantom Menace. There was so much callbacks to the Phantom Menace. We'll talk about that later. Um, There's one scene in particular, and I know. Well, you... and we can talk about character. We'll talk about characters later. And characters, I didn't think I would love, and there are characters that I thought I would love more, but I don't right now. This could change. Um, but yeah, dude, the opening of Balin and Shin, the two not dark side force users, whatever they are, getting off the ship and the, the new Republic captain being like, yeah, there's no way you guys are Jedi. Haha. <laughs> nice try. And the Balin's like, psych boy, get over here. <laughs> Any, okay. I have, I want to see episodes on Balin's backstory. Like that's like the number one thing that I want to see. After being introduced to his character, I want like episode three to be Balin training Shin. I want to see that stuff immediately. I have a theory on Balin, and when we're gonna like seeing him outside of this content, actually, okay, I'm gonna amend it. We'll talk about. We'll get. I'll put a pin in Balin. I have a lot of theories on what we're gonna see with him later. Um, I want to say even with this opening sequence, this series, and we've talked about this. Star Wars effects in space have always looked good, even in the TV shows when like stuff on the ground looks cheap. Nothing in this show looks cheap. No, it does not, which I'm very happy about as well. Yes. Like at the beginning when you're seeing the uh the exterior of the New Republic ship, uh it you can see like the fine details of it. It doesn't look like they just like copy and pasted something and put it against a black background. Um and even the sets on the ground, like in the ship, it doesn't look cheap because like Listen, I love, like, seeing all the new planets are so cool. Um, oh, my God, I love Lothal. Lothal's been, like, one of my favorite planets since I watched Rebels. Um, but there's something about the interiors of ships that are so, like, I look at everything in the background to see what's going on because I love just creating a mental map in my head of, like, oh, this is what this type of ship looks like. I and... think it might have just been me, but I, when we were introduced to the the bridge of the new republic ship i was getting star trek vibes a little bit yeah no i agree i was like this feels like something out of star trek right now where they did they say you have the con i don't think they said you have the con because i think i would have freaked out if i heard that but like it's like the captain's chair swiveling back and forth like i'm like "Mm, captain kirk yeah i know like i was watching i was like this feels like a star trek type of uh homage i don't want to say rip off because i i mean I mean, yeah, Star Wars probably has been ripping parts of Star Trek off since the beginning. But not ripping, paying homage because like Star Trek laid the groundwork for that. Like it I wasn't an it wasn't off. an inspiration, but like it was the biggest sci-fi thing until Star Wars came out. I say ripping off in quotes, I guess, because I mean that's how it goes in the comic book world where it's like, oh Deathstroke came first, but then Deadpool and it's like, oh, okay, well, whatever. Sorry for looking at you while you took notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah um but no um balin and shin's ship also the the behind this the behind the shot of like their ship rolling up i love that shot where it's their tri-wing i mean it reminds me of uh kylo ren's uh his like personal ship when he's going on like that mission or kind of looks similar to what's his name orson krennic yeah yeah like I was getting those types of vibes when I was seeing the ship fly. Um, 
when they're like oh it's an old jedi code and i'm like well this is like return of the jedi yeah it's an older code but it checks out oh my god it's jedi oh my god i have so many positive i I will say um god i I love balan i thought he was amazing like in just like that first like opening him walking down the hallway just bodying the new republic soldiers i really liked shin i liked the choreography that they did for her fighting everything like about it looked very polished when i was watching i was like oh this is not just somebody swinging around something she's actually legit she knows what she's doing i thought i was gonna hate shin in this series i thought i was gonna be annoyed with her dude her the way i don't know who this actress is or like how like she's playing this character so well because like i believe like with villains you have to believe in like what they're doing like you have to understand their motivations she wants power dude balan is my runaway favorite character in the show right now there is the way his lines are written his motivations lines he has in episode two with morgan elsbeth speaking of morgan elsbeth what a turner i didn't i just watched that we just watched the jedi episode for the mandalorian when we were introduced to ahsoka and morgan elsbeth i'm like i don't really care about morgan elsbeth ahsoka made her a hundred times more interesting when they're like she's a survivor of the witches of dathomir and i'm like she's a night sister yeah i'm like i'm like what yeah that was my reaction too when they said that she was a night sister i was like oh Okay, so you just went from being some dull, boring character who was just, to... yeah, some community leader. Uh-oh. Um, All right, we're back. Morgan Elsbeth also turned on the game. Turned on the game? All right. Yeah, How about now? We now? You... Good. All right, Listen, Morgan we Elsbeth. You... We hear you breathing. So... <laughs> As you... <laughs> hey, man. Um, I know this is stuffed. Yeah, I know. I feel bad. Um, yeah. So in Ahsoka, because when I rewatched the episode with you, I was like, I don't care about this character at all. I don't. I was. I should have had more concerns about her, um, because I didn't really think of how much of a role she would play into Ahsoka. I'll say within the first two episodes, I'm pleased on what she's done. Yeah. No. I. I, I was coming rolling into this series. I was like, I don't care about Shin. I don't care about Morgan Elizabeth. Uh And I was surprisingly, I was very interested in both of those characters because Morgan Elizabeth is like, gives me the vibes of like a crazy cult leader now. Instead of just like, when she showed up in Mando, I felt like she was just really flat. She's just like, hmm, I am a villain right now. But now she's like, She's the crazy witch cult leader who's like, mm, Thrawn calls to me. I have to go find him. It's like, oh, okay. All right. Well, mm-hmm. good luck with that, homie. Um, well, you have the two. I mean, the Night Sisters were genocided basically during the Clone Wars. Um, and then you have the Chiss who are fighting for their own survival, you can say, because I mean, from what the limited knowledge, from the limited knowledge that we know in the Star Wars canon, um it's not like the chiss are oh hey everybody come visit us they're kind of like secluded in their own area on what is it it's like cilia is that, is that what it, their planet's called um hold on i know this hang on let me look this i up. well i have it up it's like spell it's like i don't know how to pronounce it um 
but I mean, I view those two in the same oh, where yeah. it's like, I view those two in the same vein where they're both just like, their people aren't really, oh, come to us. Like we're all open arms welcoming. It's kind of like we want to be in our own secluded life. And I mean, granted, they both have completely different uh, advantages in the universe. The Night Sisters are kind of force users. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, it's it, what this show I think is going to talk touch on because we still have to talk about like where Thrawn is and how they're getting there, and that's crazy. That's interesting to me. It's very interesting. I think this show, and even with the Night Sisters back in the Clone Wars, but like the Force is something that's interpreted in many different ways and utilized in different ways. It's not just Jedi and Sith. Like the Night Sisters utilize the Force, but in a very different way. Um, mm-hmm. And. I am always interested in like content about th- people from Dathomir, mystical users. So I'm I'm really interested to see like what else Morgan Elizabeth does. Um, but I guess like changing gears here, I think the heroes of this show have growing room. Um, my I guess I don't even have a complaint. It's not even a complaint. It's like. I really like Ahsoka. I love um, Rosario Dawson's portrayal. She's doing a very good job. There are points where I'm like, you're moving a little, just like physically moving too slow. Where she's like, she'll do this here. Let me, I'll try to exhibit this. Where she's, where she's always like, she's slowly pulling off something. She's sitting. She's nodding her head and just moving very slowly. I'm like, nobody moves like this. <laughs> yeah. I mean that might be that might come down to like a director thing. Um, yeah, but like it's it's a really minor complaint because people are like I don't like Star. You can't hear me. No, I can. But what? I can. Your microphone was on the other side of the room. Oh no! I know. I had to put it down, man. But like people are like oh. I don't like this stoic, boring Ahsoka. I'm like, dude, but like this is the character progression of Ahsoka. Like at this point in her life, like this makes sense. Well, so it's funny you bring that up because her and Balin are on polar opposites kind of of it where we don't know enough about Balin yet. Um, We don't know because I want to keep going through the episode too. I don't know if I want to go like this far and I'll go this far in her and Balin right now, just from what we've seen and like just theorizing based off the limited knowledge, they're similar characters where I view both of them as... Because Balin has an orange saber, and that's done on purpose. It's not an accident that that happened. Ahsoka has white sabers. She's the only character that we've seen canonically with a white saber thus far in Star Wars. That's done on purpose as well. She's had it since Rebels. Um, I view both of them sort of as like gray Jedi, where Ahsoka tends to lean more towards the light side of the gray Jedi philosophy, where Balin tends to lean more on dark side where ahsoka is more like a glass half full person balin is a glass half empty kind of guy i kind of view them as like two sides of the same coin yeah i'm trying to get away from using the great jedi term because i know they don't like that using that but i think they're like force users who like not balin's not glass half empty i think he's just an opportunist he's like if the force had like capitalists that's what balin is yes again we're trying to theorize it's tough because we don't know enough about him but we know he's trying to get power and thrawn is going to bring that 
what this power is or like what kind of power they're expecting. All right, we'll save that for a minute as well too. Because I want to let's let's transition back to Sabine. Um, yeah, because that's the next part in the episode where after we see Ahsoka and we see after we go through the whole fight scene with Shin and Balin and we see Ahsoka and those massive bombs that blow up half the planet when she steals the star map. Yeah, these five droids have nuclear warheads in their body. Well, I thought I was going to get mad. I was like getting annoyed because the bombs just kept ticking and I was like okay when are these things gonna go off like you're giving her all the time in the world this is an actual second complaint i have um the bombs are ticking and ahsoka's running away and i'm like why don't we do force dash anymore like that was a thing in the phantom menace where qui-gon and like i know it's goofy you can only let's like create a headcanon where you can only do it like a couple times and it exhausts you but like i just get so irritated when i see them just like running and I'm like, you. I've seen you use the ability to, like, triple jumps up to these insane heights. So why can't you just do, like, a quick, like, little dash? Because I'm sitting there thinking, like, you could if you wanted. Like, you could use, like, the force to do that. You're using it to jump up to places. I think they don't do that because most people don't think this deeply on that. <clears throat> and, like then it would be hit the point where like oh well why don't they just use it all the time we've really only seen it once in i one know movie. but like i'm every time like there's a bomb going off i'm like screaming i'm like just do the force dash that they did in the phantom menace i think if anything i can see them trying to not use that as much in like movies and tv and like this is just like from a creative standpoint because like then it's a crutch because it's like once they've seen it more than once it's like, yeah, why don't they just do this all the time? Why don't they just do... Why don't they... Um, why didn't um, Anakin force dash his way onto the Mustafar lava flat against Obi-Wan? Why did he just jump? Like, why didn't he just, like, quickly dash right at him? Like, I can see that. People, like, making, yeah. like, why didn't they just... Why didn't Obi-Wan force dash away? Or, like... Yeah, I you know. You can insert it yeah. anywhere. But, yeah. like... I think they're trying to... I. If I were a creative storyteller, I would try to never use it. I am not a creative storyteller. I'm barely a creative talker. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess that was just like a, a nitpick that I had. It's not like a complaint that I have on the show. Um, but let's talk about the introduction of Sabine. Well, yeah. So actually before Sabine on Lothal, what's the guy's name? He's Mr. Krabs. He's Savage Opress, and He's the... Uh, um. He makes his live action debut in Star Wars. He's the Lothal. Uh, no, he made it. He was the big guy in um Mando. Oh, in Mando, yes, he was. I I do remember that. The guy with the in, horns. Yeah, the Bill Burr episode. Bro, Bill Burr is so good in Star Wars. That's a different topic, but um, he makes his appearance. But then also Jai. I don't know if you remember that the little Jai kid. Yep, from Rebels because I just saw the episode. He shows up as well. Um. <laughs> I haven't seen Rebels in a few months, but I want to say the governor guy, he's in Rebels. I don't know if you've met him, I think. He's the guy with the white beard and stuff. Yeah, I don't Yeah, that's the governor. Name is. I need to look up the actor's name now. I feel I have to I have to rewatch Rebels. I don't know Rebels as well as I know the Clone Wars, but um Clancy Brown. Yes, Clancy Brown. He elevates um, every show he's in. Yeah, voice acting or just him being there. He's got like one of the best voices of all time. Yeah, they're like, it's like Clancy Brown, 
Ron Perlman, Morgan Freeman, Samuel L. Jackson. Like, if you're talking about like gold standard tier of voices, mm-hmm. that's what you're looking at. Yeah, not too frequently is like a white man's voice up there, but like Clancy Brown's got that voice. Well, I mean, like when you're comparing to like like Morgan Freeman, it's like yeah, yeah Morgan Freeman's got he's the voice of God. So, um, um. no, but Sabine's introduction then, I. Her introduction, okay, when it picks up when she's on the speeder bike and it's playing that punk rock music, I liked it. I was like, oh, this is pretty sick, actually. I kind of like the music that she's listening to. It makes sense for her character. And then they gave in, like, her first line of dialogue when the Lothal police are following her. And she's like, I'm not coming to the ceremony. It means get lost. I was like, all right, we could have maybe done a little, either a reshoot of that take or maybe... (laughs) rewrite some dialogue for her here's the thing i don't know i think she want i want to say she's like she's a teenager at this point in time late she's 21 teens, she's 21 yes she's 20 21 okay well i can see you have to think about who sabine is as a person she's like this edgy kid who wants to be left alone for her as a character, if the dialogue was bad across the board, because I'll tell you what, Balin, we're, I'm, we're always going to, Balin is going to turn into the new Batman for Star Wars, because we can always come back and talk about Balin. There are, there's fantastic dialogue in the show, and then there are points where I'm like, ah, this hurts to listen to, but I think that fits who Sabine is as a character, because like she's like, I'm tough. I don't need like to deal with you right now. I'm independent on my own she's gonna grow out of that but like introducing people to where she is right now is it hard to listen to yes am i mad about it not really like whatever i think it only went on for like the first episode like yeah episode two it it definitely went away for me or either i grew or i grew accustomed to it um but it was the one specific scene when she's on the speeder bike and she's talking to the uh the Lothal police or whatever. I was kind of like, eh, this is kind of clunky dialogue in my opinion, but yeah, I'm not just uh, going to like sit there with my blinders on. And I mean, that is like the one thing that really irked me. I will say though, um, outside of that though, again, back to the VFX and the visuals for it, it looked very, very well. It, it actually looked legit like Lothal and like the whole fields around the planet. Then I was like, this looks very good. I love Lothal. I love that. I like I feel like I'm kinda bummed I never like I didn't watch Rebels when it was coming out. Um But like I like when I watch Rebels, I'm like, God, Lothal's a beautiful planet. When I saw it in live action, I'm like, I love Lothal. It's so gorgeous. And like the way they shoot it, it's so pretty. And like it's so cool when like Sabine's on her speeder bike and like she does that like slide under and like she comes sick. out and she accelerates into the field. It's like, God, that's so pretty. Out to that like uh, communications tower where she's staying which used to be ezra's trap um I yeah it's a communication a... trap tower yeah yeah she's so pretty um oh my god uh i i will say as well i like that the loath cats as well i think that they look very well i they're like a mix of they're puppeteer practical yeah. and like cg at points they they look really well done yeah they, they do look really well done um uh, but i did like i mean the whole yeah the whole speeder bike scene um 
and just the VFX of everything that like surrounds the area again. Um, because I'm going to compare it to Kenobi, which looked like they filmed it in a backyard. It looks infinitely better. And again, I don't know if this is because of production shoes with COVID and everything or not, but I was very satisfied with that. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to just like accelerate through this because like this first episode's really like setting up like there's the MacGuffin where it's like we have a map that'll find our way to Thrawn. Like this is will this will get us there. Like this will help us find Ezra, but also prevent another war. And I understand why Sabine's so frustrated. She's like oh, this isn't just to find Ezra. You're trying to, like, fight another war or something. And yeah. I I think we need to dive into um, Sabine being a Jedi apprentice to Ahsoka. I... Uh, I don't mind it. I think it makes sense. She yeah, trained with a saber in Rebels. I mean, she had the dark saber at one point, and then she gave it to Bo-Katan, and there's no issue with that. Um, Everybody's been giving the Darksaber to Bo-Katan, and it never ends well. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, she failed with it once, so why would we give it to her again? like three times at this point. Yeah, I'm trying to think, who had it after Maul in the Clone Wars? What did happen to it? Because he fought Palpatine. I don't remember what happened to it after he fought Palpatine. Did he not have it in the Siege of Mandalore? No, he had his red saber. I don't know what happens to the dark saber after that. We'd have to, dang. We'd have to look well, Gar Saxon, no, not Gar, Pax, the Saxon. That's Gar. You'll see. No, but the one later. Oh, yeah, Gar Saxon in Rebels. He has. That's still Saxon. That's still Gar. Yeah. Yeah, you'll see him. I don't know if you've met, seen him in Rebels yet with the dark saber, but. Yeah, I don't think that's till season three. Anyways, um,. I do like it. I think it makes sense that she's training with um, Ahsoka for a period of time. And they do talk about, like, when Huyang, dude, Huyang's awesome. Um, I'm glad David Tennant's back. Yeah, it's, he's, he's just awesome. Um, but I like when he's like, you have the weakest connection to the Force of all the apprentices I've seen in 900 years. It's like, dang. Way to say it like it is, man bummer for you i do think that she is force sensitive but like barely i i really hope like she doesn't all of a sudden unlock this crazy force power i don't think that's like i heard this on an um I've, I've listened to so many podcasts about ahsoka since it came out because i love the show so much right now someone was talking i forget who it was but it's like i want to see her learn like how to live like a jedi but she doesn't have to have the force like there's something yeah. there's something to be said about like learning the way of like because like the Jedi is a Jedi is a religion and you don't have to be able to tap into the force. Like think about it like Christianity. Like you don't have to be a priest to be Catholic. You know what I mean? I like I know it's it's kind of like a kind of a reach, but like mm -hmm. if you were to like take it in that sense i could be completely wrong i'm not catholic so um yeah i i mean i can get what you're saying with that um but yeah I like i think it, that i think oh, that they had to have just based off of what we've seen like for trailers and everything i think they had to have um and also just narratively speaking for what happened in the show sabine had to have trained 
with Ahsoka if she wants to stand a chance going up against Shin. Um, because we see, I mean, at the end of episode one, she gets bodied by Shin. Um, As she should. Qui- yeah, and Qui-Gon's fuming because... Dude, we gotta stop stabbing people with lightsabers and making them survive. Like, it's... Qui-Gon Jinn is rolling. He's like, as a force ghost, he's like John Travolta, like, looking around like, are you guys kidding me? Everybody else survives lightsaber stabs except me? Yeah, I'm kind of... Because <sighs> I, when I saw her got stabbed, I'm like, I know you're not dead. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think the only people that were, like, shocked by that are people who didn't watch the trailers. <laughs> yeah, like... My girlfriend saw it. She's like, oh my god, is she dead now? I'm like, you know, like, when you're watching something with somebody who hasn't, like, who doesn't understand, like, every time I'm watching stuff with her, and she doesn't know what happens, she's like, no way that happens, right? And I'm like, yeah, I guess we'll see if she's alive in the next episode. And in my head, I'm like, I know she's alive. But, like, I don't want to ruin, like, for people who don't understand, and I'll say this, because people are, like, talking, like, oh my god, is this Rebel Season 5? Are we going to be, like, lost? My girlfriend has never seen Rebels, but she's like, oh, I kind of get this because I told her going into it. I'm like, just take this as like, this is brand new. You're going to be introduced to a lot of people you don't understand. Just take it as if you're watching a brand new movie that you've never seen before. Um, And it worked really well. But yeah, no, it's like when Sabine gets stabbed, I'm like, I know you're not dead. So like, why couldn't we have like, man, even like cut her freaking arm off or cut her leg off. Make it like, give us something like, really like, oh my God, like because mm-hmm. like not only is this like oh there's like stakes behind like we know she's not dead because like yo anakin got like sliced and diced like human sushi and he made it like we knew he was gonna make it but like like cut her leg off make it be like oh my god there's stakes in this also that doubles down on like yo shin is boss and yeah she- i i wish that the just the stakes i don't like these fake um death these yeah, like, yeah, fake death and just, like, fake consequences because I know that these characters are going to make it out fine. Um, the fight scene, though, with uh, Sabine and Shin was great. I need to loop back real quick because we did mention it earlier about talking about the Phantom Menace. Um, when Shin sends out her spy droids to the communications tower of Sabine, I was sitting there watching and I said to myself, oh, this is exactly like the Phantom Menace right now. It does the same scenes where Maul like watches the droid go out and it comes back in and they talks to the droid, goes back up to the ship, gets what they need, comes back down and go, like, I'm, I was watching it beat for beat and I'm like, oh, this is identical to what Darth Maul just did in the Phantom Menace. And I was so happy to see that. Dave Filoni was a prequel kid, even though he's probably he was a grown adult when he was watching it. But like Dave Filoni, <laughs> my man, my guy, exactly. So I, I, I can't. I'm gonna be honest because Balin has a bunch of sick lines and everything. But the subtlety from Shin, just the subtle moves and actions that Shin does, just the way that her character holds herself, and this is credit to the performance for the actress of Shin Dude. as well. But the way that Shin, just like her body language, the way that she fights everything that she does like facially i'm very very i'm a huge fan of it like i just love it i'm so invested in her character and i want to see the backstory that goes into them but so to loop back then to what you were talking about with real real quick because we i want to dive in on this performance because like we talked about i think we talked about this we're like we were like i don't really care about the apprentice in like the performance aspect of that because we and i like you and i had this conversation this weekend um when you when uh, we saw each other there are certain like 
points in Star Wars where you look at an actor performing. I'm not going to name who we were like talking about just because like, you know, people are, you know, it's their job and I'm not out here trying to be rude, but like there are people I see in the movies and just movies in general, you like, they over, I feel like I'm watching, I'm like, I know you're acting right now and how you're reacting when it's like just over-exaggerated fate, like, oh, oh, ah, when there's a subtle performance, like whoever, I don't know who's playing this shit. I'm gonna have to look up who this actress is because they're 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 crushing the game right now in this subtle performances and they're in like this subtle acting. But like, I really appreciate that because we see a lot of overacting in Star Wars at points. But I wanted yeah. to say that. No, I agree with you. That's one of the. That's why I refuse to watch anime in English because, at its finest, it is just overacting. Like it's it gets the worst in like anime english you just hear the most insane overacting um but i do i will say as well i like that i don't know most of the actors who are playing these characters and i always like that when i go into star wars i'm not like oh this person is playing this character i only know rosario dawson and i know because we um ray stevenson, stevenson. rest because, in peace the goat. exactly yeah but those are like the only characters that I really know. And then I know um, Thrawn is yeah. Mickelson because he's a Mickelson. Um, the Mickelson brothers just own Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. But I was talking about that stuff with Shin because she's a badass. And uh, Sabi kind of has to have training from Ahsoka for her to even be able to stand a chance against Shin. Here's my concern though where like you're putting up a force user against a non-force user sabine is really gonna have to be able to compensate for like that lack of um power between the two of them then this is where like i think like now that she's got her mandalorian armor on she can make it because like there are the mandalorian jedi wars there's no, like for there to be mandalorian jedi wars this means the mandalorians had to have been like clapping some jedi like knocking them off for there to actually be worse this isn't like the jedi just rolling up and like dicing them all up like i think we're gonna see like oh this is like what peak mandalorian warriors used to look like because like not saying that mandalorian warriors aren't peak right now where they're, like they're not like top of the food chain yes they are in bounty hunting but like in the current star wars canon if you're like oh mandalorian versus jedi i'm putting money down on the jet that's like that betting line is easy i want us to get to the point where like we understand like this is why we had Mandalorian Jedi Wars. Yes, to an extent. If they're wearing yeah, no. Beskar armor, that is the only chance that they can stand a chance against a Jedi because we know that Beskar can't be made as weapons because of Din's uh, staff having to be melted. Mm. So if Sabine doesn't have Beskar armor, she's another episode one of liability where she can get stabbed again so she's another plot hole or plot armor character and she'll have another hole in her body then too from the lightsaber <laughs> so yeah i mean i don't i don't know correct me if i'm wrong but like we haven't seen somebody lose an arm or a leg in star wars in quite a while we gotta like people start to get, start getting limbs hacked off yeah i don't know if i uh, i don't know if i do remember any of that anyways um but I, yeah, so episode one, like having all that stuff, them stealing the star map, big fan of. Also, I love the title, Master and Apprentice. 
I love that. Yeah. I love that it says part one and part two as well. And like I click on the episodes to watch them. I'm glad that I don't know what the episode is titled. I love that. Um, you want to talk about the star map? Dude, we need to talk about the opening scene of episode two. <gasps> we haven't even talked about the Okay, we're going to get in the music. We are going to hold for the end because. No, we'll do it right now. We'll crack it open. It was great. Dude. Dude, yeah, because everybody was raving about it going in because the reviews had come out over the weekend yeah. before the series premiered and you and I were watching some of them and everybody was talking about how good the music was. And I forgot about it until I started the first episode and I started it and I was like, oh, I understand Yo. exactly why everybody loved this music. Bro, Kevin Kiner's got to do everything. The, like he weaves themes together like it makes sense it feel this feels like because like mandalorian is the western that in like star was inspired by western and samurai films mandalorian is the western this ahsoka show is the samurai and the music reflects that at points mm -hmm. um it's so well put together like also like and i think george lucas said this too like when a new hope came out music is the most important thing when it comes to star wars like if the music doesn't work nothing is working I mean, to take, that even a, to take that a step further, it's that's in any movie as well. Like if you mm -hmm. just like do anything without any music, it it makes it so much more bland. I think the cinematography and music like they go hand in hand together where like if you don't have one or the other, like it's not going to be nearly as well as it is. So the fact that this show put the budget towards its cinematography and its VFX and towards having Kevin Kiner and like actually composing legit music compared to the Rise of Skywalker it was just like bland scores. I'm very Obi satisfied. Yeah, Obi Wan not using any of the themes like that's atrocious. I'm sorry. And I'm not sitting here and I'm like, oh, I want to hear them play Duel of the Fates again. Like, yeah, that'd be cool, but I don't want to just hear Duel of the Fates again. Like, I would like to hear somebody's theme intertwined into it. Like, they can use that as a callback, and I'm i mean duel of the fates is yeah it's the best star wars score outside of like the original title crawl but i mean that's just because it's iconic and there's something about like music has to feel like it's star wars like the mandalorian stuff like it feels like star wars but it's a very different like vibe of it which makes sense to the mandalorian character but like i didn't feel the star wars music can obi-wan like this doesn't feel like star wars music this feels like a cheap free rendition you find online that you can put over a star wars podcast and listen to yeah i think the only time that star wars went outside of its own realm was in the siege of mandalore and it used like that blade runner type music when they're hauling maul off mandalore yeah and prior to order 66 which makes sense for the case of like what they're doing um and what's about to happen that's heavy mm-hmm but yes, no, I agree. The music and everything, like Kevin Kiner knocked it out of the park. I, I can't wait to hear, because we're only on episode two, which is a bummer when I say we're uh, a quarter of the way through the series. Yeah, that bums me out. I'm like, wait a minute, I only have six more weeks left of this. I know, I get sad. I'm like, oh man, I want to talk more. I want more of it, but I am glad. Um, do, we know, do we know who's doing the score for Skeleton Crew and the Acolyte? And if it's not Kevin Kiner, no offense to whoever's doing it. Stay in your lane. Let the king of... Because, like, if John... Well, I don't know, because, look, Ludwig Gorenson, when he... For Mando, I mean, when it started, I was like, oh, who the hell is this guy? And then they, the Mando theme plays. 
and it's like like the flute that goes with it and book of boba fett dude book of boba fett theme was a banger <laughs> dude i love that like i love like the yelling and just like the chanting because it, it fits that character like if you would have said who is this for i would sit there and be like yeah boba fett would make sense well it's, it's also like inspired by i think it's inspired by i could be completely wrong it feels like it's inspired by um tamura morrison's um maori oh. roots I, yeah his his roots polynesian yeah. the polynesian spot dude i just watched the episodes of mandalorian season two when boba fett shows up his lines he's like oh don't you worry princess you better keep those shields up i'll make it look good i'm like oh, my effing guy like i love him i love tim oh, i love yeah tomorrow more we'll talk about characters where i think we're gonna we're, we know we're gonna see later um later in this recording but anyways so, getting back to talk about the star map dude we got to talk about that episode the pathway opening, to peridia pathway to peridia i want whatever music plays at the beginning of episode two when they're talking about the pathway to peridia i'm going to play that on repeat for the rest of the year so it is my number one song on spotify i don't know um I don't know how we didn't know that it was a star map. That was like the thing that was over. I, you're right when we were talking about um, the it world being a world worlds. between worlds. I do think that that it, that is going to play a factor in this. Like I'm beyond confident that a world between worlds is going to play a role in this. Um, but I the star map. There's not a ton. I was trying to read about it. There's not a ton of canon Star Wars with it um and whenever that's the case i there's a bunch of legends content but whenever there's not a ton of canon stuff i was like you know what this would be perfect for is high republic stuff and you can actually see them using star maps to try and navigate the outer rim because now we see them use a star map to try and navigate to the extra galaxy instead of the intergalaxy we're now going to the extra galaxy dude that's the fact like i didn't think about this until like they pop up the star map like this is our galaxy and this is the galaxy thrones and i'm like of course we have to go to a new galaxy where we we can't like everything there's such like a fallback of like where is this region that we've never been it's in the unknown regions it's like all right cool all right that's a that is a very easy response i know well so here's the thing like i'm I'm torn because I'm like, we haven't even explored our own entire galaxy in Star Wars yet, and we're already going to other ones. I'm like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. But then the idea of going to another galaxy and seeing what's there and what's outside of the known realm of Star Wars, that does excite me a lot. Now, I know that the easiest thing people are going to say is, oh, Yuzong Vong, Yuzong Vong, which, I mean, that's the first thing I thought of as well when I saw it. I I think so. Like I haven't read the Thrawn. I haven't. I have to finish the Thrawn, the new Thrawn books that are canon that came out. Um, I have to read Thrawn Treason, and then I have to go back and read the Thrawn Ascendancy novels. Apparently, the Grisk are the new extra galactic threat. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's who we're seeing. Um, I have to read more about them. I'm not completely well versed on them. The Grisk. Um, they're oh. like the new canon Yuzan Vong ish, kind of not really, but we'll see. I don't want to see a Yuzan Vong type of invasion. Um, I, okay. I think I say, I, think I say this, this right now, but I trust Dave. Well, so I think that this series is setting up now that it's introducing outside galaxies, which as well, um, I think that the outside galaxy 
for what we see is that that's the home world or not the home galaxy where the Pergils are from. Because if you remember seeing it where you see the galaxy and the star map, it's surrounded by a circle of Pergils. It's like they're like silhouettes that is the um, outlying circle for when it shows that path to the galaxy. Go back and look at it. Maybe I will. I will have to go um, back and look at that. But it's also crazy to think that the Purgles took them that far from Rebels to that other galaxy. But I have questions about this as well. Because is that really where Ezra and Thrawn ended up? Or did they end up somewhere in the Unknown Regions and then Thrawn ended up... He took the Eye of Scion, which is what they're building, with this massive he didn't hyper... Take it. Dude, that's nuts. That's a yeah, giant they... hyperdrive ring. Yeah, because we've seen the hyperdrive rings like take the Jedi Starfighters out during the prequels and... That was the last we saw of them, but now we just get, like, one gigantic one. Um, here's what I wanted to say, though. Going back to the Yuuzhan Vong and the Grisk. You said Grisk? G-R-I-S-K? Yeah. Y-S-S-K or something like that. Okay. Um, I think that it, it's setting up... They're setting up the perfect... Um, first off, the precursor to the movie. Like, we, I'm already seeing the foundations being built for, like, the movie of what we're seeing that Dave Filoni's going to have. Um, but then it's also creating that like built-in excuse for oh why weren't these characters around during the sequel trilogy? They're in a they're galaxy. doing yeah they're in a different galaxy fighting this other war like this is what's going to end up happening. My question, my biggest question though of seeing this outside galaxy is is the Jedi religion a thing over there? Is the Force a thing? Like that because will... they talk about how it binds the. I'm trying to just bear with me for a second. Does Yoda say it binds the universe together? He does. He says the Force binds the universe together. Binds the galaxy together. He binds the galaxy together. Okay, so this is where I have a question. Is the Force still a thing in the other galaxies? I'm willing to bet it is, because up until this point, we have never dealt with another galaxy. Everybody's so concerned about their own galaxy, because, good God, the Star Wars galaxy is constantly in turmoil. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, the Force is still a thing, but, like, I think it's interpreted in different ways. It could be interpreted similar. Oh, God. Oh, no, I, that wouldn't make sense. Okay, because I was like, I could see them being like, oh, it's the Ashla and the Bogan, because that's what George Lucas had originally named it. But the Bendu says that in Rebels. Sorry for a spoiler on that, Will, but, you know, it's been out forever. I don't care. I know everything that happens in Rebels, so. Um, <clears throat> but, no, I long story longer it's still gonna be a thing well so balin goes on his whole uh monologue with shin where it's like what do we when shin asks why do we want to work with thrawn why are we helping these people and he's like power that you've never imagined and i'm like okay so what is this power that thrawn is going to be bringing them is it something in this outside galaxy where the force is amplified over there or something like is there like something that like makes them even greater jedi than jedi or whatever they are i can't wait for the answer on that um i like, like I, i'm curious what this other galaxy i'm just excited for the world building that we're doing and what this is yeah. going to mean for like the future of star wars because the idea of, also i saw uh there was some news article uh it was screen rant and it was like ahsoka just broke george lucas's number one rule where it says a long time ago in a galaxy far far away i was like shut the hell up they're not yeah. breaking the rule this is still the conflict of the star wars galaxy of like the skywalker saga that's just what i'm the skywalker saga galaxy 
it's still their conflict. They're just discovering that, like, oh, there's other stuff out there. So anyway, or maybe they've always known that and just we never knew that, which, I mean, it's kind of uh, ignorant for us to assume, like, oh, they're the only galaxy in, like, that Star Wars universe. Yeah, it's fine. People be Now, I will say, if, like, Star Wars ever introduces, like, Earth humans... Like me and you, would have a problem. I'm gonna be, yeah, I'm gonna be like, all right, end this whole franchise now. Yeah, that's that is the point where I hit my eject seat. In mm-hmm. this is when I join the the fandom menace, and I'm like, cancel the entire universe right now. <laughs> yes, that would be myself as well. But um, or if they did a crossover with the MCU, oh my god. Oh well, yeah. Don't yeah. you even? No, 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 no. no. Here's, no, here's what I was gonna say. It only works if Marvel is like, oh, it's like you're from a Star Wars movie, and like they like do something like that. But if well, they did Star... no, I know. But if Star Wars ever tries to like bring Marvel into it, no. But if Marvel tries, like, you, ah, it it's makes like from Homecoming like... when it's like, oh, remember the old movie Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, like, that works, but, like, if, like, Star Wars is like, oh, you're, like, Iron Man or something. Look, it's Doctor Doom. Yeah, I'd be like, all right, get out of here. Um, The unlimited power is really just Drax. Yeah. No, Pathway to Peridia. Um, Balin is talking about how he's like, oh, they talk about this all the time at the uh, Jedi, like, this is at the Jedi Temple. (sighs) I immediately looked it up. The Wikipedia, like when I was watching the episode, unfortunately, the Wikipedia article was not created for it. When I looked it up on Tuesday night, I did find it now. It is an ancient Jedi legend that described the existence of a means to travel from the galaxy to another. It consisted of a straight line between the planet Cetos and the Danab system on another neighboring galaxy. That is all that there is written. <laughs> and it was literally explained to us in Ahsoka. So this is brand new. Um, Which I love. I love being at the beginning of, like, the introduction of things. And, like, this is where... Okay. This is where I want to dive into Balin. Because Balin has some fire lines. When Morgan Elizabeth is like, I want you to get rid of Ahsoka Tano. He's like, he's sad about it. She's like, are you sad or something? He's like, not remorseful, but, like, he's like, I don't think there's so few Jedi left. Like, he was a Jedi. He has remorse for killing other Jedi. He doesn't want to do it, but he will he's like it's truthful i don't want to lose there's so few jedi left it's like you have instantly shot into my top 10 most interesting star wars characters with that singular line alone even further when like when hu yang is like like oh this is this lightsaber i have nine i went through my entire rolodex of lightsabers only one built a lightsaber ever like this and it was balan skull i'm like I loved Balin coming into this for no reason. I now have reason to love this character more. Um, I need his backstory. Like, episode three or four has to be him and Shin's backstory ASAP. I, they'll probably give us a little bit of backstory on this, and this is where... This is... Uh, dude, rest in peace, Ray Stevenson, because he's been in Star Wars for a while. He, like, voiced... Um, he voiced Gar Saxon. Um... Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, gone way too young. But, like, I wish he was still alive. Because if, after I watch this episode, we know Tales of the Jedi Season 2 is coming out. If there's one character 
that I want to see. Like, like how many, like, okay, so we got Count Dooku and Ahsoka. Count Dooku is my number one. I want to see. Balan Skull is my number one. I want to see a Tales of the Jedi. Like, what would, like, what was he like as a kid? Like, what was, like, his path? Like, I know we're going to get an abridged version of it in Ahsoka, but, like, I want to see that. Would you be fine? What would your thoughts be? I mean, you're not his family, and they'll have the ultimate say, but what would your thoughts be if they used AI to, like, recreate his voice and do the animation of, like, Tales of the Jedi with him? That's that's up for his family um, in, like, Lucasfilm. Yeah. That's out of my control. Um, if his family's okay with it, and, like, here's the thing. With this AI voice stuff, like, they did this with Luke. It sounds choppy right now because, like, they can't. there's no inflection in the voices like that like makes logical sense in a conversation like with luke i felt like i was listening to siri talk to me um they did it with vader though and obi-wan yeah but that makes sense for vader because he's already a robot like he's already has the robotic voice so like the way his lines came across made sense um it's up to like obviously it's up to the discretion of his family and I don't it's know. Like two I fans think... are gonna sit here. Oh, they should do like. Two well, see, and the, and the thing is, like, you could probably recast him as an animate like, for the animated voice actor, because like, here's what I was gonna say. I'm going to be so devastated if like his character's story is left open ended in Ahsoka. I'm going to be so devastated by that because. He's kind of like uh, Ross, Thunderbolt Ross. I love William Hurt's performance as him in the MCU. Listen, I'm more of a Star Wars fan, so I'm going to air more to the side of Ray Stevenson, and I loved him. I love Star Wars. I'm going to be so bummed, though, if that, like, Ahsoka, the series ends, and Balin... I don't know how it's going to end for him, but I feel like the only way Balin's story has to end is him dying. Um, Yeah. That's the only pathway I see his character going at this moment. Again, we're only two episodes in, and he's probably had no more than, like, 20 lines of dialogue. I'll say this. I would be happier if they – if his character died in this. Like, Ray Stevenson was the only live-action person to play him, but they recast him as an animated voice for, like, a Tales of the Jedi or whatever. If there's a series that is eventually made and he pops up in it, I would be okay with that, but I – this is this is such double talk because I'm okay with Harrison Ford playing Thunderbolt Ross, but I I don't know like who I would be okay with playing Balin because I love Ray Stevenson's portrayal of him so far. Yeah, you and I are more invested in Star Wars too than Mar. Like Star Wars is always going to be above Marvel for me. Um, yeah. I mean, there was a time. Well, I'll say there was a time. I mean, that golden age of Marvel was that something was else. That was yeah. hard to beat, man. Um, Dude, there was also a time when Jeff Hardy was bigger than Obama. <laughs> hell yeah, my guy. Ladder matches are insane. I've never seen Obama win a ladder match. <laughs> he never won the heavyweight title in a ladder. I don't think Jeff Hardy won that, but well, you know what I mean. Yeah. Obama never did a swanton bomb off the top of a jumbotron. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but so you think Balin's going to show up and you hope he's going to show up and tells the Jedi next. Dude. If there's, I mean, I feel like Dave's going to do Plo Koon because he loves Plo Koon, but, like, yo, if there's a character that, like, could have a, like, such an intriguing and enthralling backstory, it is Balin. Well, I mean, it is called Tales of the Jedi, and Balin was a Jedi. Was a Jedi. So, and I think that that's, like, what Tales of the Jedi is going, because it's called Tales of the Jedi, so it's going to only focus on, like, those Jedi characters that we know. It's not going to go and be like, oh, here's 
Captain Rex, everybody. Here's a solo episode about him. Yeah. That's why I so it's like him old. working with the Jedi. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I've been writing notes because we said we were going to put pins and things. We've done it numerous times, so we've forgotten to come back to them. We so want to make sure like consistently horrible with putting yeah. pins and things and never coming back to them. Well, I wanted to write them down to remember it. Um, we were talking about power outside the galaxy, and we think that that's going to make it infinitely better for, or I think it's I think it has to bring some type of element to like the power that Thrawn is bringing. Um, ready to talk about Merrick? Dude, I don't know who this guy is. Okay, but so this is... sorry, I don't want you to get rolled too quick. New character, Ezra Bridger, or just another Inquisitor? I don't think it's Ezra Bridger. I, I think it's just another dude. I don't think it's Ezra Bridger because how would he have gotten back and Thrawn didn't? Well, who says that Thrawn hasn't been back? Why are they trying to go to Peridia? They're trying to find him. They say he's calling out from a faraway galaxy. I know, I know, I know. They were on a purgle, dude. What do you think? Ezra just tumbled off? Well, okay, here's the thing is... Again, I don't know if Ezra is, like, completely changed. I know how Rebels ends where he, like, says, screw you, Palpatine, and he runs past the hologram of him and everything. He's like, my parents are dead. Um, But listen... Ezra has shown his um, sides to the dark side. Like he has shown his pull towards it. So I wouldn't no. be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. <sighs> okay, now that I'm talking to you about it, I don't know if I would like it being. That would be stupid, Will. I'm sorry. This is a, this is a, this is yeah. not a good theory because I don't know. Understand how he would have gotten back. He said it is a popular theory right now. Yeah, it's a bad one. I'm sorry. I'm gonna call it. This is a, this is a bad theory. I don't like it. And if it was, if it was Ezra, I'd be mad because yes, he had to pull to the dark side, but he overcame that in Rebels. So that's like retreading. It's like taking Finn, who like made, he's like, oh, I'm fighting for something. Like I he picked up the lightsaber in the Force Awakens to fight, and then all of a sudden in the last Jedi, he like all of a sudden wants to run away again. He doesn't want to fight. Like that would be. I would see that in a similar vein as Ezra. And I'm not the biggest fan of Ezra. I don't mind Ezra. You hate Ezra for like some unknown reason. Um, I just I don't know. He's kind of dull to me. I don't, I, I okay, don't, he's he's growing on me. He's growing I, on me in Rebels, which I figured would happen. Yeah, I don't like. I like him. He's not the like. He's, is he my favorite? By all means, no. Um, I don't. I don't know. I w- I don't want to see that. Yeah. Well. Merrick is a badass um, from the limited stuff we see with him. Uh, because in episode two, so I want to sort of talk about this as well, because I thought of this immediately. I don't know if you did, but um, stuff happens in this show. Yeah, you end up on Corellia. Um, That's cool. Which, yeah, I was like, oh, hey, Corellia. Nice. I know this place. Um, because that's the New Republic's largest shipyard now, it's from what it sounds like. Um when they were going through though, and they were when Hera and Ahsoka were like, Oh, Morgan Elsbeth owned like these old shipyards. Did anybody check to see maybe if like she's still running her old facilities and like still producing the same stuff she was? They're like, No. I'm sitting there, I'm like, hmm. It's kind of like, you know, World War II ended. The next threat is the Russians. 
hey, the people we just fought, why don't you come work for us? Why don't we get some of your scientists and, you know, start yeah. doing work for us? I saw that. And that's the first thing I thought of when I saw it. It like, was very. Wow. Like, this is exactly like what the Nazis ended up doing for the United States. This is very Operation Paperclip. And it was so funny. When, like, I like it makes sense. Like, how many of them are still loyal to the Empire? They're loyal to the dollar. I'm like, that's that is a that is really true for a lot of people but then mm -hmm. again you got all those imbeciles who are like for the empire and it's like yo what did you think was gonna happen when a jedi walked into the room yeah you're yeah come on buddy why don't you think that one a little more through um but no so when i saw that i was like oh i'm getting because that's george lucas did that in the beginning like when he created a new hope and then empire strikes back and then it's most apparent in return of the jedi with the Ewoks and the Stormtroopers um, in a more cute fashion. <laughs> I will say um, the fight then between Merrick and Ahsoka that they have, we've done so much talking about everyone but Ahsoka. <laughs> I was, was going to say, like, we need to talk about her at some point. Dude, Rosario Dawson, the lines sound like Ahsoka. And like, when I'm not watching Ahsoka and I'm watching other characters on screen, but she's moving in the background, it looks just like she did in the clone wars and stuff it's like she is nailed like the nonverbal, the movements the the stature the presence like i'm i'm sold mm -hmm. i i remember being concerned like when i knew that she was coming into the mandalorian and i was like oh i don't know how i'm gonna feel about it it's not ashley Eckstein that's voicing her um those i mean that left after i saw that episode of mando which was like three years ago now um mm -hmm. i'm i i think rosario dawson is like the perfect casting for ahsoka as well she like fits the character incredibly well it's like a glove um i'm trying to think if there's any been any instances i mean i think uh alden ehrenreich did a very well very good job as han solo as well i think in this case yeah. rosario fits ahsoka even better but i'm trying to think if there's been any cases where like the animation to live action characters um i can't think of anything but no she's she's leaving her own mark on the character where it's like ashley had like her voice acting performance where like you knew it was her and she did a phenomenal job rosario's doing that in live action where like it's her own character and she, it, even though it's the same character like she's making it her own yeah <clears throat> she's doing a really good job of it um her like lightsaber fighting style because the fight between her and merrick was very cool um oh my god when at the end of their fight when merrick was calling his saber back and she just like dodged out of the way for it i was freaking out i was like thank yo. god that was so sick because i knew she wasn't gonna get hit by it but i was like i will say as well i was getting incredibly nervous when he activated the saber and it started spinning i was like i swear to god if you jump off the ground right now and start flying away i'm gonna be pissed i was hoping for it but like <laughs> no when she does that subtle dodge um she's like yeah you thought you could get me like that was like something out of like batman where like he's just like dodge like subtly moves and it just goes away it's like ain't nothing but a thing yeah i was i was very pleased by that i think i mean Here's what I have to say with the Soka stuff. I mean, she's still holding out where she's... Also, I think it's funny where she was so quick to deny training Grogu. And then Sabine, she was like, I'll train you. Like, Grogu's like, hey, man, what the heck? Yeah, that's... That, I think... I understand it, though, because, like... 
when she's like, he is such a heart, he is such an attachment, like, Grogu is such an attachment to Mando. Sabine doesn't really have mm. a giant attachment. Like, it's like mm. Ezra. Yeah, Ezra is a pretty big attachment. She's in love with him. No, she's not in love with him. Yes, she is. If you yeah, think that, like, they're see. not going to kiss by the end of the series. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I swear to God, if a kiss breaks him out of whatever evil spell he's in, if he's in one, oh my God, I'll be mad. But, <laughs> dude, after, like, the first episode of Rebels, I'm like, oh, he's risen up Sabine. Like, he's, sit- he's sitting there, he's like, hi, my name's Ezra. I'm like, She's oh, like, okay, buddy, calm down. You're like 12. <laughs> yeah. I was um, getting weird vibes of Lando was hitting on her in Rebels. I was like, Lando, she's like 16. <laughs> Lando's like 30. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Lando's um, like 30. No, but I do. I mean, with Ahsoka's character, though, I she was very much like a lone samurai in the beginning of the episode one where she's doing her own stuff. And then she has that line uh, to Hu Yang where she says to him, she's like, I didn't follow Jedi code. And they're making it very clear that she's not she's not a Jedi like i guess what you would call the standards of one being a jedi she's doing her own thing or she's doing like we've known since season seven of the clone wars like she her affiliation with the jedi are not what during the the republic's time is not the Mm -hmm. same like they do not have the same viewpoints so i'm glad that they're sticking to that as well dude she and balin are two have like two sides of the same coin but like this is what one path can lead you down this is what the other path I'm confident in that. I'm I'm excited for those two to face off. Oh, I want to know how Balin knows Anakin. I can't. Okay, so this is the last note that I have uh, pinned is um, characters that we think are going to show up in the series. Bro, we got where we're going to see Zeb. We've already seen him in Mando. He's going to show up at some point. Um, we're definitely going to see um, Agent Callus. Um, Mike Mutton Chops. Mike Mutton Chops. <laughs> um, and dude, we're gonna see Captain Rex. If we don't see Captain Rex, I'm gonna cry. Yeah, God, he's gonna be so old. <laughs> like he's gonna I don't be... care. I don't care. Grandpa also, Rex. Live action Captain Rex is frightening to think about. Okay, that's an artist rendition. Yes, that was a frightening rendition. But after seeing Tamara Morrison again and Mando. Uh, it'll be fine well and that was young captain rex like they just have to put a bald i mean well actually they can just keep tomorrow morrison bald never mind he already is yeah bald, like they just so. gotta give him a beard yeah he like... yeah um because i remember they slapped that wig on him <laughs> kenobi <laughs> when he was playing that clone credits for well that was public soldier that was commander oppo i remember telling you that that's a bummer i know but i mean he did shoot at bail so that's what you deserve um I also think Moon and I talked about this as well. That I'm surprised that they confirmed Anakin in one of the trailers. Sorry again, I guess spoilers for those who like. But Rosara Dawson also spoiled it on Instagram. She She's told like Jamie Holland. Fox. Yeah, yeah. We're like Jamie Fox was like, all right, Spider-Man, let's go at it again. And it's Toby, Tom, Andrew. And then in this, she's like, all right, Sky Guy, I guess they know we're back together. It's a picture of her with Hayden. I'm like, all right, Rosario, you didn't have to do that. So we're going to see a flashback, or he's going to show up as a Force Ghost. Which one do you think is more likely, Force Ghost or Flashback? I guess the better question is, which one would I rather see? 
Um, you, dude, everybody's going to say a flashback. Nobody's not going to say a flashback. I'm going to say Force Ghost. I would love to see... No, because a flashback is too easy. I would rather see Anakin post-Return of the Jedi as a Force Ghost with dialogue instead of him. Um, but I, I don't know if they're ever going to do that. Like, I don't know if they're ever going to have... I think they're going to leave him end off for like he sees Luke and that's the final force ghost of like Anakin that you see. I don't know. I feel yeah. like it's, I feel like if you bring it back, you have to do it in like only with Luke. Maybe. I don't know. Because I, I, do you get what I'm saying though? Where it's like, it's too, that's a big thing to bring because they haven't done it yet. They haven't done what yet? Oh, him as a force ghost. Yeah, because, I mean, you very well could have done, instead of Yoda being the uh, person that talks to Luke in The Last Jedi, you could have had that be Anakin. Yeah, that's true. Or Obi-Wan. I mean, like, we've talked about, like, how Obi-Wan should have showed up in that scene as well, arguably, because he was Luke's master as well. Um, yeah, I think they all should have showed up, but, you know, I'm yeah. cool with Yoda. That, Yoda makes more, he makes the most sense out of the three of them, because um, he was, like, his direct master. Dude, I love that scene. I love in the last Jedi. I'm in one of those I'm in the one of the moods where I love the last Jedi. Yeah, no, I am too. I'm sure the next time I, the last time I saw the last Jedi, I loved it. I'm sure the next time I see it, I'm not going to like it. Um I'm confident Such as that's how it's going. Yeah, I know. I'm sure that's how it's going to play out. But it is probably going to be a flashback with Anakin, which you already know that if it's a flashback with Anakin, Obi-Wan's going to be there as well. Dude, I hope that that would be so cool. And then Well, we've see seen Balin well so balen he knows anakin but here's what i'll say is i mean people love seeing hayden christensen and ewan mcgregor and we've seen how much ewan and hayden love being together they're not gonna pass up on that opportunity to like have both of them with like you have the trifecta the clone wars was like i guess our generation's golden age of star wars um yeah where it's like on the end of like Revenge of the Sith. We were like too young for Attack of the Clones. Like we saw it, but like we were at the right age for Revenge of the Sith and then the Clone Wars. So like that's like we were the, the trifecta. perfect age for Clone Wars. Like that was literally made for us. Yeah, because we were five years old when Revenge of the Sith came out, which was like great. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're pretty young for that stuff. Like I remember seeing it as a child at my upstairs in the house, but like. Yeah. Clone Wars, I remember going to the movie with Drew and watching it. I remember watching the cartoon on Friday evenings, and they transformed it to Saturday mornings, which sucked. Um, yeah. I just but, I remember in fourth grade asking some kid, because like, I was trying to be friends with him. I was like, hey, are you going to watch it? And then he was mean to me. He's like, no, I'm not watching it. It's stupid. I'm like, but I thought you said you liked Star Wars. He and I were never friends after that. And I graduated high school with him. <laughs> nice. Um... Excuse me, but I think that's too easy for them to pass up on. Where it's like you ha you can get all three of those characters in a scene, and it's going to satisfy fans, and I think narratively it would fit as well. But yeah, um, that was the last thing I had for it. I will say on a side note as well, great move by Disney Plus by moving this to a Tuesday night instead of having dude. to come out on a like a Wednesday at like two a.m. Yeah, dude, it's. I don't, like, it, it feels like an actual me. release then. It floors me that Disney didn't put this together early. Like I, there are times where I don't understand. Like if the House of Mouse is literally being ran by mice because like 
decisions that are being made like i don't understand because like yeah i understand like yes we're not this is not network television where you have to tune in at a certain point that does not mean you shouldn't be doing that at certain times because that's going to drive up engagement for these stuff because people are going to mom and dad didn't realize ahsoka was coming out like oh yeah that's out well that's that that's out whenever but like when you get something people want to see like hbo sundays are like people like house of the dragons on i gotta tune in for this last of us is on i gotta tune in for this tuesday's gotta become that thing i wish it was still friday but it's not because disney's stupid even if it was like a wednesday night though i like the idea of it releasing okay my biggest complaint was i don't have tiktok my personal tiktok account anymore i deleted it um but when I would go on there, oh my god, it would be when I would work at uh, my previous job, and like I'd be on my lunch break. Um, I would like sit there and I'd like look at TikTok reels, and like I hadn't seen the episode of like uh, Marvel or Star Wars, and I would already see stuff that happened in the episode, and I was like, oh great, I got this spoiled for me. I would scroll through the comments, and everyone would be like. Dude, the episode just came out today, and they're like, it's already 12 o'clock. How have you not seen it yet? I'm like, not everybody, like, sits at home and just makes TikTok, and it's like you do, spoiling the episode. Sorry, it's noon on a Wednesday. So the fact that, like, it comes out on a Tuesday night, even a Wednesday night, but the fact that it comes out in the evening where, like, oh, you're done working your 9 to 5 job. I know you're still crazy to think that people in my generation have 9 to 5 jobs, but, you know. We are at that age now where you get those types of jobs. So like, and we do still go on social media such as Instagram and TikTok. So thank you to Disney for finally understanding that, hey, maybe we should release these episodes in the evening. So people who have no lives and post spoilers immediately. Yeah. Because I I guarantee you, like when Luke Skywalker rolls up in the show and if the episode dropped at like midnight, because that's when the episodes would come. For you, they come out at midnight. For me, it's 2 a.m. Oh my God, it is a haul to stay up until 2 a.m. and watch those episodes. I've done it a couple times, and it is a chore. Yeah, and yeah, I got, I got, I got to call this whoever this person is who's running the comic book account on Instagram, like the comic book, whatever comic book news or whatever it's called. Yo, they posted so many spoilers for Secret Invasion. Literally, like the morning it came out, mm-hmm. and. They may be a nice guy, but like, dude, read the effing room. Don't be doing that stuff because there were times I'm like, all right, cool. So this is what's happening. Like, I saw the picture of Gaia with the Drax arm before it even happened. I'm like, all right, sick. So I'm going to hate this episode. Uh, Dude, like, it's just, I don't get what satisfaction you get in posting that stuff. Well, I get that it's also people's job, but you can post things in a non-spoiler way. You can also give a spoiler warning too. I mean, Instagram has the thing where you can post multiple pictures and you can say spoilers for blank show. Swipe to see spoilers. And then they'll give another one like, are you sure you want to see it? Yeah. I don't know. But so the fact that it's on a Tuesday evening, yeah, again, Fridays were still the best. But I mean, Fridays still did suffer from that. uh, Like it comes out at 2 a.m. my time. Now, granted, this was at a time though when like Disney Plus was still early and like yeah. not everybody was on the Mando train yet because this was still season one of Mando. Mm-hmm. And I think season two, no season, was that Wednesdays? I don't remember. Nah, I think that yeah they switched because like I think it was 
Hold on. I know Clone Wars season seven was still Fridays. Mando season two is still Fridays because I still had my friends coming over to watch it with me. Yes. But I don't think Book of Boba yeah, Boba Fett was definitely Wednesdays. I rem- I vividly remember the Wednesdays, the new Friday post on Disney Plus, and I remember I do. thinking, who in their right mind was like, yeah, this is the promotion we're gonna run with. Loki was the last Wednesday show. That was the last Wednesday. I mean, f- or no, or was the first? I don't know. I think it doesn't matter. I th- was it Wandavision? Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. But I'm very satisfied with that. Long story longer. Ahsoka is amazing. Yeah, I'm gassed up for episode three. Um, and we're, we literally finished see episode two at the point where Rebels epilogue ends. So we are into uncharted territory at this point. I am very excited. It makes sense on why they did these two episodes at once. Because mm-hmm. it was like, it was bringing those who weren't up to speed. But it did so much more than just like a recap of Rebels. It did so much more of that. We didn't even talk about them. Chopper. MF the Goat. I love him. He's my favorite. Um, His lines are, I love, dude, Dave is, Dave is like AI in his prime, Michael Jordan, LeBron, everybody wrapped into one. Dave is in his bag right now. Like it is Dave's world and we are living in it. Oh, every time I hear Chopper talk, I just think to myself, I'm like, oh, he's saying the F word right now. (laughs) because <laughs> like yeah. his like muffled voice and he's like asking like what did you do with my uh like, did you scanner? dig through my stuff yeah yeah i'm like i just think i'm like oh he just said did you dig through my effing stuff <laughs> like yeah. it makes it so much money to me dude I you can hear weird. like the, you can hear dave talking it's just like if like you specifically listen like you hear like the muffled dialogue Yep, 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 yep. but like you hear it's like his voice with it it's ripped off i made a meme after the clone wars season seven and i posted it um it was like it was from um that 70s show it's like when the pastor's talking to eric and hyde and he's like oh i get it when you see god you think of jesus and hyde goes no man it's clapton and i edit it and i put feloni's face like i see when you think of god you see jesus i'm like no man it's (laughs) feloni i love what he's doing But but i will say then just sort of like round this out um this is the lat like just production of the show as well and like the flow of it the pacing these episodes feel like they needed to be like these 45 50 minute episodes like the pacing and the time that it was it felt like it felt like what it needed to be again this is like andor did this to its strong suit where everything happened very well Uh oh what next episode's 30 minutes <laughs> well so so this is my concern then is like as long as if it fits where like episode three feels like it does what it has to do. And then episode four, I start watching like, Oh, this could have been put in episode three. Then I might start complaining, but through these first two, it's doing a good job. Whereas like there was stuff in Obi-Wan where I'm like, you could have put some of this stuff into one episode. Yeah. It, the, what, what Ahsoka did really well it, and Andor as well, but like it let stuff marinate. It's letting stuff marinate. Like, like things happen and like you get to experience the moment with the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and it's it's telling a cohesive story. Like, they're not a whole lot of side plots, and all of the side plots are all leading towards the same main goal. When do you think we're going to see Thrawn and Ezra? I bet we'll get them teased at the end of episode four. I think episode five. Okay. 
Let's see. So about, about, about geez, Louise, about the same time range. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to take a look here. Next episode is the 29th. Episode three, four is the fifth. Fifth is the twelfth. Sixth is the nineteenth. Seventh is the twenty-sixth, and the last one is October third. That's so crazy, October. That's so close already to think about. I know. I'm bummed. I don't even want to think about the show being done yet. I know. I don't either. But like, I know it's coming. This is a show I'm gonna go back and rewatch. Like, I want to sit down for an entire day and just watch all of it at once. Yeah, I was sitting there thinking if I want to rewatch the first two episodes right away. I didn't. I'm holding off on it. I think I might. I don't know. Now that I'm watching Rebels, I probably won't. Um, yeah. We'll My see girlfriend fell asleep in episode two. She's like, I want to go back and rewatch episode two. I'm like, you don't have to convince me at all to rewatch <laughs> one of these episodes. Because she was saying, like, I kind of want to go back and rewatch some of the movies because, like, there's so many. It's crazy to us because, like, we grew up with this and, like, we grew up learning. It's like people who grew up learning a language and, like, oh, this is just second nature, like, switching to this other language. But when you introduce somebody to this giant universe later in life, she was saying to me, she's like, there's so many different things happening and I forget where everything falls into place. I'm like, I, yeah, I can understand how this is confusing. She's like, wait a minute. When is this taking place? I'm like, wait, what do you, don't you not realize it's five years after Return of the Jedi? I'm like, of course people who don't understand this universe don't realize that. Oopsies. Sorry, this is like our job, though. Like, this, this is, is like our job. I mean, Star Wars will live in my head rent-free. Like, I'll, I know timeline stuff, like, down to a beat. Well, I knew timeline stuff down to a beat. The, I am going to need, like, some pinpoints with the Ahsoka show. Like compared to the Rebels ending, compared to when Mando picks up, I am gonna need that. I I mean, we unironically say we have PhDs in Star Wars, so yeah, that's true. But yeah, that's uh, that's what we have for Ahsoka. I'm gassed up for Episode Three. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. What was Episode Two called? It was uh, Toil and Trouble. That's another great title. I wonder what Episode Three is gonna be victory yeah. and death <laughs> yeah i'm not even gonna try and come up with the title for that but anyway well if you enjoyed this please consider following us on social media please considering tuning back in we will be we will be back um yeah i don't are we gonna be are we gonna be ahsoka until the entire series is done like is this all we're doing from now on are we gonna we maybe another episode we might throw some other stuff in, depending on like scheduling and stuff like that. Yeah, um, definitely I'm plan on transition. Yeah, yeah, you got some change going on in your life. Um, but I mean, there's gonna be a hundred percent each week in the Soak episode. Look, whenever we like say, if we talk, we're gonna, if we say we're gonna talk about something and it isn't Star Wars, there's like a 60, 40, 70, 30 chance that we talk that we will talk about it. If there is a Star Wars thing that comes out, we will be talking. There's a hundred percent chance that we're gonna end up talking about it. So like, yeah, if it's Star Wars or Batman, you're gonna hear about it. Anything else? We're, we're trying our we're trying our darndest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we say that like we're like an everything podcast, but I mean, this podcast was built off of Star Wars, so it was. I mean, we're always gonna end up talking about it. So, yeah, but, um. 
maybe there'll be another episode at some point talking about something else but if not we'll see you guys in uh episode two of episode three of ahsoka may the force be with you